Welcome to Top Shelf. So quiet of an opening. It has to be subdued because this was a downer of a movie. It was depressing. Hello, Lindsay. Hi, Jeff. That's a great opening. Yeah, it is, right? So, do we like this film? We did we? like okay. this movie. This is a good movie. What movie did we see? We're at number 86. Yes. On the list. Episode 15, mind Yay. you. Nice round, uneven, yes. odd, Un- odd. Multiple five yes. number. Yes, number. We are on Platoon. <laughs> number 86 on the list Oliver is Platoon. Stone. Directed by Oliver Stone. From 1986. Starring everyone you know. Starring everyone and their mother. Except there was no mothers. No. Well. It's starring, let's see, Tom Berenger. Yes. Charlie Sheen. Yes. Johnny Depp. Yep. Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Willem Dafoe. Keith David. Francesco Quinn. Kevin Dillon. Reggie Johnson. You're forgetting the most important person in the entire film. What am I missing? John C. McGinley. Oh, yeah, John C. McGinley. Dr. Cox from Scrubs. I, sorry, I thought I said, did I say, I thought maybe I said Dr. Cox instead of his actual name. <laughs> it's okay, we can just refer to him as Dr. Cox, no, it's fine. Well, John no, no. C. McGinley. Who, basic, who has not, who has aged. not aged. He has not aged. A day. <laughs> but a lot of these people have not aged, it's kind of freaky. Everybody looks a lot yeah. the same, which is really, which is, because you, you, they come on frame, come on frame, they come on screen and you immediately recognize them you know who they are i mean granted yeah. the movie was what 86 you said that yep, right 86 so i mean oh it's number 86 and it's uh-huh. from 86 yeah oh. i thought i was the only one who caught that no i caught it now <laughs> but uh it it's definitely i mean it's also it's only it's only 27 years old depending on when it was released because i'm going to be 27 in august ah see so i mean it's it's not <laughs> Don't shake your head no. That makes a terrible podcasting. No, sorry. Uh, I'm cringing at the fact that I'm going to be 27. Oh, no's. Oh, no. I'm going to be 29. I know. <laughs> so, anyways. Um, yeah, no, it was... I, I, I enjoyed it. It's a good movie. We are going to spoil things for you. Yes, Because, obviously, it's outside of the 15-year mark. Because so, we are... Neither one of us is 15 years old. So, so stop watching... Or, stop watching. Stop I always watching. do that. Stop, stop listening. listening to the podcast right now if you don't want to be spoiled. I'll give you three seconds. Three, it's close enough. And two, so... One. Okay. All right. Spoiler, Spoiler territory. Time. It's good. So the guy in the poster. <laughs> Let's not get there quite yet. Not quite yet. Fine. Please. Okay. You not go first. Yet. Okay. Summaries. Well, it's essentially about a young recruit in Vietnam faces a moral crisis when confronted with the horrors of war and the duality of man. That's the IMDb summary, and I'm pretty sure that's a pretty accurate that is, one. That is pretty accurate, It's essentially actually. a really realistic journey through vietnam yeah from what i i took a class so for, for background i took a class on the history of the vietnam war for an entire semester in grad school as for i fun. said for fun that was a mistake <laughs> and as i said it was an online history class you, why i took it you just wanted to be depressed for an entire semester that apparently was not a good semester. <laughs> oh god oh uh, it's an 8.2 out of 10 on okay. imdb there is no meta score no meta score no meta score would you like my my yes. summary? So, okay, let's state this right now. We really like this. This is a great movie. It's a great it's film. It's a brilliant movie, but it is so depressing because it makes you, like, think about how horrible the Vietnam War yes. was and all the horrible, terrible things that happened. And it's really uh, hard to be funny about this it, well, movie. It's like, not going to be... We're not going to be intentional... Let us, let's just say it now. We are in no way trying to diminish the memory of those who fought and served and no. died in the Vietnam Vietnam War nope. or anything. So if we are inadvertently funny, we apologize. We're just 
Like, even my things I learn tend to focus on the actors, not yes. the film. We poke fun like, more at the actors yes. than anything else. Because we know this is a very real, serious... Seri- I mean, we'll f- I we know World you... War II is serious, yes. but... We will let you know how real it is when I get to my trivia. Yes. So, all right. Because it was is... written and directed by Oliver Stone. Written and directed. So, the man wrote it. And, yeah, you have trivia about that, yes. too. So, all right. What's your Thank summary? Ha, 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 Funny. It's not funny. Oh. Because <laughs> there's that scene with the heartbeat with Charlie Sheen. Oh, yeah. And I, all, the first thing in my mind was, I'm freaking out. <laughs> and stating the obvious, the Vietnam War was terrible. Yes. Terrible. Oh. I'm pretty sure your summary could have just been the Vietnam The Vietnamese War. War was terrible. And that would have been enough. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know you know that 20 minutes from Forrest Gump? Yeah. Two hour two movies. Two hour long of that. And, not, and, and, and Baba and is depressing. are not there. Yeah, at least with that, Forrest is kind of lighthearted a little bit. A little but... bit. And rain that comes up straight out of the ground. <sighs> Almost up the ground. Sideways rain. (laughs) So, all right. Well, that's like as funny as we're going to get. I didn't even laugh. This might be the first episode we don't. We don't end on a laugh. It's just going to end with silence. Yeah. Well, let's get on to my awards real quick. So, um, this film has been nominated for 36 major awards. So, it actually had a good base of awards for it. Uh, Eight of which were Academy Awards. Wow. Um, it was nominated for Best Actor in Supporting Role, Tom Berenger. Okay. Also nominated for Best Actor in Supporting Role, Willem Dafoe. So it was nominated okay. twice in the same category. Best Cinematography and Best Writing. It won Best Director, Best Film Editing, Best Sound, and Best Picture. Okay. Definitely watching the film. This you is, can... I didn't know this was a Best, best Picture yep. winner. Yep, yep. Um... It definitely watching the film, you can tell why best sound and best editing was two of the awards that it won because yeah. because the the sound alone is very well done. The it really uses it really uses like your surround sound system just because we were watching it with mine and it like there was a couple. Well, you 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 pointed out the fact that a couple of times there because the helicopters go to the rear speakers and it nearly deafened you. Um, <laughs> no, it was because it was moving. Because it was moving and around. It, would, it made me think I was I had lost my hearing in in my ear. But it was it, just because it was on the other side of the, <laughs> the speakers. But it, it uses the sound mix really well. It's really really well edited. The film is really really well edited. And yes, I can totally see why this film is a best film, a best picture, and a best director because they they did a very well job, a very a very well job. Okay, looking at English. The... Like, what was up? Yeah, who did it go against? I didn't look that far. Um, Like, best picture, it was against Children of a Lesser God, Hannah and Her Sisters, The Mission, and A Room with a View. Which, I think maybe one of those is on the list. I think A Room with a View is yeah, maybe on the list. Maybe. So and it didn't really go up against a whole lot of no. big films. Directors, it was Oliver Stone won, then Woody Allen, James Ivory, Roland Joffe, and David Lynch for Blue Velvet. Okay. Um, let's see. So, 86 was just not a big year for films then, apparently. Like, big movies. Michael Caine won for Best Supporting Actor for Hannah and Her Sisters. Uh, well, at least it went to somebody cool. <laughs> and then Diana, Diane Wiest won for Hannah and Her Sisters for Best Supporting Actress. Not that that... I feel like we matter. need to watch that movie, because apparently that movie was know. nominated for a lot of stuff. Um, it lost... It lost Best Original Screenplay to Hannah and Her Sisters. Okay, so that movie won. So, okay, so pretty much the Oscars that year were divided between Hannah and Her Sisters and Platoon. Those are the two movies that seems Best like it won. Best Sound Mixing was Platoon. Yep. So those are the two films that tended to win a the lot Fly that year. The Fly won Best Makeup that year. 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> Did you know? Okay, side note, and sorry this is a complete tangent. Did you know that The Fly uh, was produced by Mel Brooks? I did not know that. It's produced by Brooks Film. That's interesting. Com- the one with Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. Like that fl- yeah, yeah. Produce- okay, sorry. Complete tangent. Sorry, people. That's funny. Anyways, real quick with my awards. The film is not in the National Film Registry. Which I think is sad. I think it's sad, too. Because w- you feel like a film like this. But at the same time, I'm, I am I bet you Apocalypse Now is probably in it. Probably. I bet you that's in there. I wonder which version of Apocalypse Now is That's in true, because there is multiple copies. So yep. I should... Well, wait, when we get to that, because that's on our list, right? Yeah, it is. We'll deal 30. with it. So, But yeah, so that's it for my awards. Yeah, that might be one of the ones that we have to go outside of the direct... Or like the theatrical version, because Apocalypse Now Redo is much better okay. than the original one. Yeah, and generally, again, for those of you who don't know, or maybe who are just joining these podcasts, maybe haven't listened to all of them, when we watch these films, if there are multiple versions of the film, we tend to try to watch the theatrical cuts, yep. strictly because that is the one that would have been in theaters, and... Probably more that people have one, seen that or, one. And I'm I'm assuming, and I know you should never assume, that that's the version that AFI Had watched used, the theatrical like, judged. Right. So there are films, like this film, there is a director's cut of this film. And there was a director's how, cut of Blade Do you know how long Runner. the director's cut was? I did not look that okay. up. Okay, because this I movie's didn't. two hours. Yeah, and I'm, I'm assuming that the director's cut is probably slightly, is got, well, it's got to be longer than that. But, yeah. But yeah, so just for future reference, anybody who wants to know, if you're trying to figure out which copy of the film we are watching, we tend to watch the director's cut, or sorry, the theatrical cut yes. of the film. Quick side note, did you know this movie came out on Christmas Eve? Interesting. Yeah, that's depressing. Sorry, oh, Christmas Jane. Christmas Eve, 1986. Hey, I was alive. See? So this movie will so be So why 20, didn't you go? It will be, 20, it will be 27 <laughs> years old in December. Why didn't you go and see Cause it? Because I was four months old. <laughs> Your parents could have taken you. Yeah, I was four you. months old. <laughs> it would have been an entertaining child film. Yeah, I'm sure. All right, so uh, what do you got for trivia? Let's see. Um, first off, because a lot of the trivia goes by first names of people. Um, of, like, the characters they play. Uh, Charlie Sheen's character is named Chris. His full name is Private Chris Taylor. He's referred to as both, as both names with that throughout the trivia, and I'll try and, uh, keep it straight, or I'll give you actor name in addition to it. The role of Chris was originally offered to Kyle MacLachlan, who turned it down. Kyle MacLachlan, for those of you who might not know, uh, is from Twin Peaks. Um, for the girly listeners, uh, Sex and the City. Uh, and for the hipster listeners, he's on Portlandia. He's the mayor (laughs) in Portlandia. That's a good fraction of the the population. I'm like all three of those people. (laughs) I know him from all three of those things, obviously. Um, Keanu Reeves also turned down the role of Private Chris Taylor. Oh, man. Yep. Well, that would have been weird. Yeah. It'd have been like Will Smith playing, playing, playing uh, uh, Neo. Neo. (laughs) Um, Oliver Stone considered, considered casting Johnny Depp as the lead role of Private Chris Taylor, but Depp was too young for the part, which Jeff found interesting because Johnny Depp is two years older than Charlie Sheen. Yep. <laughs> I just thought that was weird. that. But Johnny Depp was unknown at the time because I think he did like 21 Jump Street after this. I'm not 100% on that. So you might need to check the date or I will check the date and correct myself. Um, Stone said that Depp would someday become a huge star and thus one he is one of the first filmmakers who introduced Johnny Depp to Hollywood. So basically, all of you Pirates of the Caribbean fans and Tim Burton fans, you have Oliver Stone Stone to to thank thank for your love of Johnny Depp. Um, For the record, we as a podcast love Johnny Depp. I love Johnny Depp. I think 
Not, I don't love everything he's no, ever done. But he's Charlie a, in the Chocolate Factory. But he's a very good actor. Again, good, Char- good, good Charlie. Good Johnny Depp films would be Edward Scissorhands. Involved in Las Vegas. That's an amazing film. That's an Sleepy amazing. Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow is actually a really Ed good Wood. underrated. Under, yes. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Yep. <laughs> okay, so you're just gonna name all the Johnny Depp films. Um, <laughs> not is it the Ninth Gate? It's the no. It's not the yeah. Ninth Gate. What's all about the books? Yeah, isn't that the nice? Is that the Ninth Gate? Gate? That's a good movie. It's an underrated movie. He, by the way, did do uh, Twenty One Jump Street after Platoon. Okay, thank you. But his first film was still Nightmare on, Nightmare on Elm Street. On but, uh, yeah, he is did he this film. Is he credited or is he uncredited in that movie? No, he's credited. Okay. He's Glenn Lance. He was credited. But, uh, yeah, so basically you have, you have, you have, yeah, Oliver Stone to thank for that. And in all fairness, in all fairness, Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, as Jack Sparrow. Oh, I yeah. feel he did an amazing job as that character. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of going feel, without saying. I but... feel like Lone Ranger is just... Captain Jack Sparrow dressed up as, as an American. <laughs> Sorry, as a Native American. Yeah. Uh, um, continuing. Yes. He did a voice on SpongeBob. And he was also on Family Guy. Oh yeah. He's okay. Edward Scissorhands on Family Guy. <laughs> hey, look at that, Edward Scissorhands. Uh, okay, sorry. Continue, okay. please continue. <laughs> Originally, Charlie Sheen was turned down for the main role of Chris because it was felt that he was too young for the part. Okay. Okay. His older brother Emilio Estevez. Oh, was offered the part, but the project fell apart due to financial problems. Two years later, the project was given the go-ahead, but Estevez had already committed to other projects, and so Charlie Sheen again read for the part and won it. Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting, indeed. The movie is narrated by Charlie Sheen, eerily echoing his father Martin Sheen's narration of another Vietnam War movie, Apocalypse Apocalypse Now. Now, also filmed extensively on location in the Philippines. The whole um, Sheen family doing Vietnam War movies and the fact that Martin Sheen went a little crazy for a while after <laughs> a Apocalypse Now, yeah. hence Heart of Darkness, anyone, <laughs> yep. um, may account for why Charlie Sheen's a little batshit and scum now. the family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good thing Emilio changed his last name. Yes. Well, no, no, correction. Emilio has the real family last name. Martin I know and Charlie does. went with the Hollywood stage name. Oh, gotcha. Their Sorry. last name is Estevez. Gotcha. He is Charlie's Carlos Estevez. That's his real name. His real name is Carlos Estevez? Yes. Wow. Yes. Emilio Estevez and then Joe Estevez are the two Estevez, Estevez people. Estevez Because Joe is Martin's brother. So Joe kept his last name. Emilio kept his last name. Is but Martin's Martin, first name Martin? Um, I do not know what you, Martin's... You look I will look that up while I'm reading. For those of you interested, we are going to look this up. I'm actually I'm interested. interested too. I, I know that they're we're not going to be overly funny, it might as well be informative. <laughs> informative of some kind. Yeah, we are kind of like subdued right now. It's kind of bugging me. Like, no, I'm it reading... is not Martin, by the way. Okay, what is it? It's Raymond. Raymond. Raymond Estevez. Antonio Gerard Estevez. Interesting. Porn in Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> Oh, it's just not where you picture an no. Estevez to be born. Sorry, I don't mean to be no, stereotypical. No, but you don't. Or, yeah, anyways. Anyways, so, okay. trivia continues. All of the actors had to endure a harsh 14-day boot camp in the Philippines before the shooting of the film commenced. The actors were given military haircuts, were required to stay in character throughout the camp, ate only military rations, were not allowed to shower, slept in the jungle, and even had rotations for night watch. Just for the record, I am not reading every piece of trivia from this movie. If you want to know more, 
especially because there's a lot more with like filming and stuff like that that's pretty interesting but I picked out the stuff that either I found interesting or felt that is important to know or is kind of cool to know just if you want to go on IMDb and read all this because this is where this is from. Prior to the scene where Elias is half of the platoon is smoking dope, the actors actually did smoke pot. Nice. Unfortunately for them, Willem Dafoe has reported, by the time the stage was set and they actually filmed, everyone had come off their high and felt like shit. Oh. <laughs> That's why you do it right beforehand. <laughs> Several of the actors wrote messages on their helmets worn throughout the movie. Charlie Sheen's helmet reads, When I die, bury me upside down so the world can kiss my ass. While Johnny Depp's, Johnny Depp's simply reads Sherilyn, which is a tribute to Sherilyn Fenn, whom Depp was dating at the time. Because as we all know, Johnny Depp likes to carve his girlfriend's names into things. Yes. Like his body. Yes. Winona. Yes. Forever. Mark Moses, who plays Lieutenant Wolf, had on his helmet a drawing of Mad Magazine mascot Alfred, Alfred E. Newman with the phrase, What Me Worry? And according to Tom Berenger, this caused Oliver Stone to laugh hysterically once during filming. <laughs> Now, this is based on Oliver Stone's personal experience during the Vietnam War, based on a screenplay he finished around 1976, which was the end of his tour. Just... Numerous studios passed on it until he finally got it approved and started filming in early 1986. It's crazy that... Well, I mean, I guess it's not crazy because if you watch this film, you can tell there's that this is stuff that... Uh, you know this is this stuff that happened. This was not fictional. This it's is not. things that happened. It's, there's too many little nuances of stuff that happens uh. that it's too... It's too real for it to be fake, so... Yeah, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Does that make any sense, people? Listening at home, tell me. It's too real me. for the movie. <laughs> pretend movie. Um, Tom Berenger's lifelike scar required three hours of makeup work every day of shooting, except for towards the end they got it down to a half an hour and he only wore it when he absolutely had to. Because it hurt his face. So you look at it, it's got to be like pinching his face. Yeah. Because it's a huge prosthetic. It's like his forehead. It's like the entire like what? Uh, right, right side, side of his, of his face. Because it starts at his, his forehead and it wraps all the way around down to below his mouth. Yeah. Like it's all that side of his face. You almost don't recognize him as Tom Berenger. Well, A, because he's lost. He's Tom Berenger was in Inception. He's the uncle of uh, Killian Murphy's character. And, yeah, he's a lot thinner in this movie because it's also, like, 20-some years. I was going to say, it's, it's a few years prior, the, so... Yeah. Um, the cast and crew arrived in the Philippines in early 1986, which was almost simultaneously... Simultaneous? I cannot talk. It's a big word! To the beginning of the EDSA revolution of 1986 that toppled Ferdinand Marcos. William Defoe said that a day or two after he arrived in Manila, he awoke to see a column of tanks rolling down the street. I have nothing to say to that. Yeah. <laughs> the film, movie was filmed nearly sequentially. As soon as their characters were killed in the movie, the actors returned home. The emotion that Charlie Sheen shows in the closing helicopter scene was largely real, knowing he was finally getting to go home. <laughs> After uh, Taylor, this is a spoiler. 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 Spoiler trivia. now. If you have not gotten out now, get it's, out. It's I'm giving you the fault, countdown. Really. Three, two. One. You've gotten six seconds. After Taylor, Charlie Sheen, takes his revenge on Sergeant Barnes, who's Tom Berenger, yep. the other platoon arrives to look for survivors, and someone asks Taylor if he's okay. As he does, Taylor quickly drops a grenade. He didn't pull the pin in the grenade, he just drops the grenade. The script did not call for it, but Sheen thought his character would be suicidal at that point in the movie, and the director liked it so much that he kept it in the movie. And I'm intrigued to know if in the director's cut, if there's a cut up 
a cut to a close-up of the shot because you asked me after it passed if we saw it yeah and because it was it's a wide shot. it's a wide shot the camera's tracking around as he's sitting there and he's fiddling with something in his hand and when the guy asks him if he's okay he just he drops it real quick mm-hmm. and he kind of sits there fidgeting but you don't ever see really what he it looked honestly i thought he had a rock in his hand which i thought was weird that he had a rock in his hand but you know, whatever. Yeah. Or maybe like a clip or something, but not, I didn't know that was a grenade. Should we talk about why Charlie Sheen's character might be a little suicidal at that point, or do you think that's too spoilery? No, let's do it. You know, we're going to talk about it anyways. So, uh, Tom Berenger's character tries to kill Charlie Sheen like five minutes before in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and so then... It's justified. Is Charlie... He's like he Like, they're in this huge firefight battle going on and Charlie Sheen is like laying on the ground and Tom Berenger is like running up like does he have an axe? Yeah he had an axe or a shovel or something he was like gonna gonna hack the man in half with an axe or whatever he had in his hands so when Charlie Sheen comes to and the suns come up and everything the battle's over Tom Berenger is crawling along the ground where there's an alive is there a Vietnamese guy there's a a Vietnamese Vietnamese guy in the background crawling up the side of the mountain and, and then there's Tom Berenger's character crawling up the side yep. of the mountain. Charlie Sheen comes up to him. Tom Berenger's character rolls over, like tells, tells him, him, to him to get just, a medic. To, does he tell him to yeah, get? Yeah, he a tells medic? him to get me to get me a medic and because then, he's expecting him to obey his command. Yeah, and then Charlie Sheen shoots him and kills him. So it's <sighs> and after all the shit he pulled in this movie, yes. it's justified. And that's the thing is that it is very much so well, justified. And I'm sure that part is a fabrication i i doubt that actually i mean it may have happened it may some, have happened at some point i don't think I don't it think happened, this to, happened olive to oliver stone. stone yeah olive stone olive stone sounds like a drink anyways <laughs> with this movie oliver stone became the first vietnam veteran to direct a major motion picture about the vietnam war he was already the first vietnam veteran to win an oscar for midnight express a distinction which he still holds and became, with this picture, the first Vietnam vet to win an Oscar for Best Director. As of 2010, he is the last veteran of any war to win an Oscar for Best Director, other than Clint Eastwood, who served in the Army during the Korean War, but never went to Korea. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Isn't that cool? That is very cool. This was one of three Vietnam-based films released within nine months of each other in 1986 and 1987. The other two were Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket, which is not on the list. There's not a single Stanley Kubrick movie on this list, which I find really... That's not true. That's not true. I feel like that's on there just by default. But The Shining's on. That upsets me. John Irvin's Hamburger Hill is the other one. Oh, Hamburger Hill. I didn't know that was an 86 movie. I know that movie's about the Vietnam War. To me, it would be about, like, World War One. That's what the name evokes in my brain. It's true. This movie was shot in 54 days. It's a, it's a grueling... That's... But... Here, here's here's an idea for our listeners who listened to the previous episode. Mm-hmm. 12 Angry Men was shot in 21 days. This movie, which is another... Hmm... What? Half, hour? Almost half hour? Half hour Half longer. hour longer. And much more going on. Much more going on. A lot shot more special on location, effects. A lot more special effects. Yeah. Was shot in night shooting. Fifty four days. So just over a month more. Yeah. For a half hour. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. A lot of films will shoot in like actual principal photography might be like three four months. Depends upon the film. Like this Lord def- of the Rings, which was what like a year and a half, two years. It's like a decade. <laughs> this is. Or if it's episode one and they just throw this shit together. <laughs> um. Wow, that's going to get backlash. 
And sorry. Cut. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It's okay, I'll cut that out later. Sorry, Nobody likes sorry. episode one. No one likes episode one. I'm a Star Wars fan and I hate that movie. Anyways, continue. I'm reading the Star Wars book right now. The really? Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, Colin lent it to me. Oh. It's good so far. I was reading at the dentist. My mom was at the dentist. I was not the dentist. <laughs> this is the first part of Oliver Stone's Vietnam trilogy. The other two are Heaven and Earth and Born on the Fourth of July. Okay. Many of the platoon actors have bit parts in Born on the Fourth of July. Which I've never seen. It's Tom Cruise. Yeah, it is. Because that and Tom... is Nicole Kip. No, that's the race car movie that that's Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. Yeah. Thank you for not making me sound like an idiot. <laughs> no, it's Scott. Kind of... I, I knew. I knew. Like I know. I knew the name of it. I just couldn't think of what it was. It's okay. Don't it's worry. Late. I know that movie Again, very well. Do you? Yes, we watched that movie all the time when I was a kid. Oh, okay. I've never seen it. I've also never seen Born on the Fourth of July. I haven't seen a lot of Tom Cruise. Because Born on the Fourth of July deals with. Um, it's it's it, Tom Cruise's character is a Vietnam vet that who's disabled. He's right? disabled, and he comes back, and it's him dealing with being oh, okay. disabled and the whole anti-war and pro-human rights stuff like that. This is fun. This is a fun trivia. Good. We need more fun stuff. According to Oliver Stone, he intentionally cast Tom Berenger and Willem Dafoe against type. Berenger, who played the ruthless, sadistic Sergeant Barnes, was mostly famous at that point for playing good guys. And Defoe, who had primarily played villains up till then, played the heroic, compassionate Sergeant Ellis. The casting worked, and both men received Oscar nominations for their work. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think doing stuff like that works really well, because like the airplane film, or sorry, the airplane film, Airplane, the comedy parody, yeah. that whole movie was a bunch of serious actors who never did comedy being given lines that weren't necessarily funny, but were portrayed funny right because of how they said it or the way that they the way that it was so serious that lines became funny yeah and that's what made airplane work really airplane. well i love it too that's why leslie nielsen became a comedic actor was because of he was a serious actor and that's why they picked him for that role he was a he was a serious no, actor until really? that point and then he started becoming then he he had fun doing those so that's why he, he died when we were having friends thanksgiving this is true he did and we were sad Ugh. The film is dedicated to the men who let's fought make... and died in the Vietnam War. This is the downer episode. I was going to say, let's just make the entire episode depressing. <sighs> Super happy, sad. <laughs> yes, this film is dedicated to the men who fought and died in the Vietnam War. That's the last thing you see before the credit crawl. Oliver Stone wrote the first draft of Platoon in 1971 and sent it to Jim Morrison... Oh. Yes, that Jim Morrison. Damn. In hopes that he would play the part Charlie Sheen will ultimately play. Morrison had had the script with him when he was found dead in Paris. It is unknown whether he would have been cast had he lived. However, Oliver Stone eventually made The Doors based on Morrison's life. Oh, that's cool. I've oh, that's right. He doors. did The Doors, didn't yeah. he? I forgot he did The Doors. And JFK. Yeah. And he's a bunch he's, of movies. I love JFK. Oh, why isn't that movie on this list? I don't Isn't it not on the list? No, oh. I love that movie so much. It's such a well-done film. According to Charlie Sheen, he kissed the ground when he returned home from filming in the Philippines. Hell, I would. <laughs> I kissed. I nearly kissed the ground when I got home from France, and I was just on vacation. <laughs> Granted, I was like 18. No, I was 17. I kind of got excited when we got back home from the Dominican Republic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, it's, America. It's, it's, we are straight up Americans. Fresh pizza. Yes, because I was so concerned. I got a pizza that night. Anyways, keep going. I got Culver's the like an hour after I got off the bus from France. I was a half hour away and I ordered a pizza to be ready so I could pick <laughs> I it up on my that. way through. I that. 
But it's good uh, pizza. Anyways. At the end of the scene where Willem Dafoe and John C. McGinley are arguing about whose oh. team would have to pull perimeter watch, John C. McGinley's character says, guy's in three years and he thinks he's Jesus effing Christ or something. Defoe went on later to play Jesus in The Last Temptation, <gasps> Temptation of the of Christ, Christ a year later. That's hilarious. I forgot he was in that one too. Wow, this movie just... Your trivia brings up so many of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. So many of so my... So many of your knowledge. It, however, does not bring up any of my grammatical skills. Nope. <laughs> People who listen to this think we're dumb. We're not dumb. We're not dumb. It's just after watching a two-hour movie and having to record a podcast. depressing movie. Yeah, we get a little goofy mm-hmm. and just words don't work. No. Sorry. Thanks for listening, though. And we even took a break, like a mini break yes. before we started recording. Because Usually it's like the credits are rolling and we're setting up sound. But, um, yeah, we didn't want to be completely depressed. We needed depressed. to decompress a little bit. Yes. We listened to some 90s Pandora and felt better. Do you want to li- Do you want to say what we listened we to? We listened to Crazy by Britney Spears. Which is fitting! <laughs> Not by choice, it's what came up. And I just did the Willem Dafoe poster. Yes, you did. Speaking uh, of, that's the, one of my trivia. That's my next trivia. Segway! Pockets of fake blood intended to simulate gunshot wounds to Elias's body during the famous arm-raising scene malfunctioned and never exploded. However, Willem Dafoe's performance in that take was considered so impressive that the scene was left as is. So I'm assuming when he raises his hand... Yeah, okay, so for those of you... Because he's getting shot in the back. Right. Those of you who don't maybe don't know what we're talking about, the movie poster, the classic like DVD cover and everything that you see, there's a guy on his... Not the poster on IMDb, though. No, it's it is not. the poster on Netflix. This movie is on Netflix, everybody. Yes, this is on Netflix. Um, maybe put that in the description. I will put that in the okay, description. Okay, thank you. Um... It's the it's the DVD cover. It's the it's the the image that you more regularly see, where it is it's the guy on his hands and knees or on his knees. He's his he's like raising his hands up mm-hmm. to the sky. His head's tilted back. That's Willem Dafoe. So my assumption is when he was doing that moment, the blood packets must have were supposed to be going off yeah. as he was getting like shot, shot straight the, through, through the back. Yeah, because it is watching that scene. It's a little goofy. Because it's like, why? He kind of just like leads back. Yeah. And then, falls and then just falls forward. But I mean. But his mouth is like he's in pain. But yeah. he just kind of falls forward. It, he did. And you see the gunshot. Like you see the. Like the, the people gunshot. shooting behind yeah. him. Right, right. I don't know if the came through or not. But... <laughs> now we're just doing sound effects. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Greatest podcast ever. Ow. Um, yes. No, I will. I will put that in there. Okay. It is on Netflix. And finally. The final battle in the movie was a recreation of an actual event that was witnessed by technical advisor Dale Dye, who was a combat correspondent with the 2nd Battalion, 3rd Marines. Interesting. That is very interesting. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good trivia for this movie. It's a lot of technically uh, correct, or like historically correct things yes because if you watch this movie you can tell this movie is like we said before it's yeah. not a fi- it's not fiction it's not high he- it might be heightened slightly in certain but i don't even know where because i feel like well, this movie the whole very... tom barringer thing yes like that, the character the character of are... him is definitely is definitely a little out there a little more advanced for a film but at yeah. the same time it's there's a lot of like good realistic acting in the film so all right, so things I learned in this movie. Yes. I have seven things, amazingly wow, enough. I only had four for... I know, right? A few angry men. <clears throat> Number one, cheese dick. More common of a word than we thought. We looked it up, though. Yes, we it's did look it up. It's a military term that became popular. Not a real military term, but it was used in the military during the Vietnam War. It basically means kiss ass. Because where, where was it uh, used before? Was it the Sixth Sense? Sixth Sense. That was the other time we were seeing it. It was used twice in this movie within like two minutes of each mm-hmm. other, too. Number two. 
Forrest Whitaker is dirty. Yes, he <laughs> He's is. He's a dirty man. There's an inappropriate, not family-friendly language in this movie. <laughs> Number three, Willem Dafoe's character must have been smuggling hair products into the army as his hair was almost always perfectly styled. And he must have gave some to Charlie Sheen as well. Because Charlie true. Sheen is it's true. perfectly styled hair. I feel like their hair. hair was too long for the army. I feel like it would have been a little short. Yeah. It should have been shorter than that. Yeah. Number four, John C. McGinley, a.k.a. Dr. Cox, as we said in the beginning, has Not never aged, aged. Ever. He's gained weight. A little bit. In a good way, because he he's really thin in this movie. Gangly. But he's gangly. And we were rooting for him to survive. And he does. And he does. We hope. But then sad. Yeah. Which I'm going to bring that up in a second. Number five. Charlie Sheen in 1986 sounds exactly like Emilio Estevez. If I was I was not looking at the screen because I was looking up trivia, and I hear him speak, and I'm like, are we watching Mighty Ducks? <laughs> this Mighty Ducks? It's Mighty Ducks. It's a lot more depressing it version Mighty of Mighty Ducks. <laughs> and Joshua Jackson's not in it. Number six, Johnny Depp knows Vietnamese. Apparently. Apparently, he can speak that. Well, according to the movie. Yes. I don't know if he's actually really speaking well, Vietnamese. And number seven, Willem Dafoe. Creepy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, There's a really close zoom. Like 12 Angry Men, we just discussed. Creepy. Lots of way too close zoom-ins. <laughs> Close-ups. Shut up. I just had a really big yawn and I was trying to do the zoom thing with my hands and you guys can't see me because it's a podcast. We yeah. need to do video for the these things, oh I think. Oh my god, no, we don't. <laughs> so that's all my things that I learned from this film. As we said before, because the film is very serious, I I know I didn't want to, and I know you were saying the same thing. We do not want to be disrespectful for the film. What people went through during the Vietnam War. So I purposely, the only thing that came close was the whole cheese dick line. But I mean, everything else in the movie, everything I like, everything I just pointed out, I wanted to keep it towards. Like, the actors, because yes. it's better to make fun of the actors that we know from other films. Yes, that I can distance myself from the reality yes. that actually happened. So, that is all I have. So now, okay. our opinions on the film. You know something I realized? Did we talk about where we wanted 12 Angry Men on the list? Did we say that it was good? Where was that? Yeah, we Okay, did. I couldn't remember if we talked about that. I remember, wanted to make sure we covered that. because I went through about how... I didn't want to keep waxing poetic about its meaning on the oh, list that's right, and that's its right. place within its own universe or yep, whatever. Yep. So this film, your thoughts go. Well, it dropped three spots. What did I say took its spot? Titanic? Titanic. It was number 83, now it's number 86. So it's gone down. So it's gone down. The only other Vietnam-related movie on the list is Apocalypse Now, which is number 30, and it also dropped three spots from the, two th- from the 97 to the 2007 list. And I almost wonder if that movie, if Apocalypse Now was higher than this film, strictly because it was the first of its kind that did this movie, the, it's this story, this type of story, well. I want. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to say because it's so far up. We haven't. We haven't. But I've seen. Apocalypse I want to talk now. about it when we get there. I've seen Apocalypse Now, and having seen Apocalypse Now, I feel like. You think this platoon was more compelling? Okay, so again... Then Apocalypse Now... Granted, I haven't seen Apocalypse Now in nearly 10 years, because mm-hmm. I watched it in high school. I watched it in senior comp. Jeez. <laughs> my senior comp class was awesome, sidebar, because <laughs> I had the theater teacher as my senior comp teacher. Oh, yeah. So we watched classic American films and then wrote essays on them. So I watched nice. The Breakfast Club, Raging Bull, Vertigo, Psycho, The Godfather, Apocalypse Now... I feel like I'm missing one. Oh, the original Ocean's Eleven. Okay, with Dean Martin just, and Frank uh-huh. Sinatra. I think it was those seven. There may have been one more. And there's many more than that. How many? <laughs> How long was this class? A uh, semester. Was that a semester? Yeah. I never had that class. Um, I lucked out. 
So again... So, but having seen Apocalypse Now, but I haven't seen it in a while. Right. From what I recall, I think this one's more compelling on a human level as opposed to, like, a storytelling level. Okay. Like, I felt more watching Platoon than I have watching Apocalypse Now because it's less about the mission and more about the people. Okay. Like, Apocalypse Now is more about, like, you know, they're going to get Marlon Brando and right. bring him back. Right, And the whole thing with Platoon is it's about the guy's experience and the It's not about them going him. anywhere. It's not about them going anywhere. There's no real... The only storyline in this movie, like, traceable storyline is... It's his tour of Vietnam. Right. And him, like, from him getting to the base... And him going home. It's not like him showing up and being like, all right, this is the mission we have to go do and we right. have to go and take care of this. Exactly. And then the stuff Part that happened Part of me wonders if way. maybe that's why it's low on the list because it's not as developed storyline-wise. But I feel like it'd be but more the realistic. Acting, the acting, the directing is brilliant. Because notice it didn't win for Best Adapted Screenplay, but it won for Best Film and Best Director. Right. Right. So why it's dropped, why it's so low is because people looked at the film as going, okay, well, yeah, there wasn't, like, he shows up and there's a story, reason why he's going and doing this stuff. It's just him showing up and then him being thrown into the midst of it. Right. Which I almost feel that's more realistic, more more accurate to the war. I mean, I could be wrong. Obviously, we, were we not weren't in there. The Vietnam war. I know people who were in it. And I've heard stories, but I almost Your feel like my father was in it, but I almost feel like it. it's... It would be more realistic that it was, hey, you show up, it's in the midst of, you're just walking from here to here, you know, you're doing, you're, this is what you're doing, you're just trying to find them, you're trying to get rid of them, you're trying to get rid of ammo ca- or weapon caches, you're trying to take them out, and then you go home. Like, I feel like that's more realistic. It is very, I feel like it's more of a Hollywood contrived plot line that it's a, all these guys show up, there's a mission we have to go do, we have to go and take care of it, and then we're done. Once we get the mission accomplished, then we all go home. Like, I feel like that's more contrived. I could be completely wrong, though. Apocalypse Now did not win Best Picture. Oh. So, okay, so, but did it win? I, see, I don't want to get into, like, what it what it won, but I'm assuming it, it must, it had to have won something, though. Cinematography it must have, and sound. So it didn't win anything, any story, any writing, nothing like that. But it was that. nominated for Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, Best Art Direction, Best Directing, Best Film Editing, and based, Best Screenwriting for a Screenplay Based on Material from Another Medium. Okay, so it's based upon a story or a book. Sorry to ruin your... Well, it's not Well, it's for fine. Another, I guess I'll an, just cut this section out for that podcast. It's not 70 ep- or 50 <laughs> episodes. You're fine. No, no. When we get to it, I will literally just cut your part out of this episode and oh, pop thanks, it into that thanks. one. And no, just be like, I'm going to go to Lindsay from a year ago and let her read you my part not. here. I don't know. I might. It's pretty fun. So I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the movie. But where do you, do you think it needs to be higher or lower on the list? See, that it's so hard to know... I think it needs to be higher up than Titanic. That's true. Oh, just wait till we get to Titanic first. That's true. I think it does need to be higher than Titanic. I think it needs to be, I think it needs to be at least upper, I think it needs to be in the upper, upper seventies. I think it needs to be higher than 86. Because I feel like for the content. they should have kept it at 83 and put Titanic in at 86. Yeah, but, yeah. (laughs) But there's. Titanic will drop. Titanic will drop when they redo the list. Yeah, I'm sure. I think it'll still be on the list. It will, but it'll drop. Yeah. So let's say that's only three episodes away. So, okay. but yeah, I think I think where this movie needs to be, I think it does need to be higher, just because of the the subject, con- the content of the film, the subject of the film, the way it was done, how how well the movie was done for what 
the story is, I thought it was. And the acting was was great. You have mm-hmm. a lot of big-name actors in it nowadays. Or future big-name future big actors, actors yeah. Who have won awards for their acting and Forrest their Whitaker? films. Yeah, exactly. And, Last King of Scotland, anyone? And it's, it's I mean, yeah, I, I know at the time they were all younger. They were all, you know, they, they, were, they weren't as, they weren't popular yet. But it's got a lot of really good acting so in it. So far Very as well of done. yet. So far as of yet. But no, I think I think it needs to be higher. Okay. I think it needs to be higher. We're both agreed on that. Yes, we definitely agree. And again, we do like the movie. Oh yeah. I like it. I don't love it because it's it's not something I'm gonna watch to go to sleep or watch for funsies. No. But again, if you if you want, if you like movies, (laughs) watch it. (laughs) If you like war movies, if you like films and entertainment, I remember in the last episode I said I was scared about watching Platoon. Yeah, I did cover my ass at one point. Yes, when they're beating people to death, I can't do that so much. And a part of me would really like to hope. So, okay, I'm trying to be a little more lighthearted with this before we go on to what yes, next week's go, episode is. Let's be lighthearted. A part now. of me really likes to think that that in this film, John C. McGinley's character actually is Doctor Cox from Scrubs, <laughs> yes. and this is why he's so just angry and hates the world like a part of me would love to feel like he did his tour and then after granted he would have been a hell of a lot older on scrubs then because i was basing it upon uh, him being that and you know a certain age but i i want to feel like like he gets out of the war and then he goes and gets his doctorate degree and he ends up going to sacred heart where he ends up becoming the doctor you know like like the doctor there and then eventually meets jd like that's why i feel like he's the way he is mm-hmm. so so that's why i was really rooting for him to survive just simply so my fan fiction idea would be <laughs> would be accurate <laughs> also uh-huh. i do like to believe that somewhere in these woods forrest gump was running around trying to find bubba I mean, that he probably was that at some point their paths crossed but it was in a deleted scene you just didn't see i want to feel this is what happened we needed to do something guys to make this happier this is not a happy no, it's depressing. i don't even think there's any like laugh moment i don't think there's any moments of levity no like, not even things that are like you know even in like you we know, chuckled at cheese dick just because we heard it in the sixth yeah. sense. Was that weird. was it. There was nothing else in this movie to even remotely make you happy. So, anyways, no. that, I don't want to end depressed. Let's move on. What is next week's episode? A night at the opera from 1935. Comedy. The Marx Brothers. Yay! Not depressing. Not everyone in the cast dies. No, everyone's dead. Well, yeah, everyone is dead, but not everybody dies in the course of the story. It's number 85 on the so list. So number 85 on the list. So uh, that would be interesting. And it's new to the list. Ooh. So that would be interesting. Have you ever seen A Night at the Opera? Nope. I've okay. only seen Duck Soup. It'll be interesting. It'll be a good film. I have faith. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, quick plug. First off. Oh, no, no, no. No, before you plug. Yes. I would like to say thank you. That's where I was to going. all the people who have liked our page in the last, like, week. <laughs> week, It's yeah. insane. There's a thank lot of people. Thank you so much. So please definitely share. Yeah, keep sh- keep sharing. Keep sharing. Tell your friends. You guys Send are doing awesome. You guys are awesome. Thank, thank you guys you for so liking much. the posts. Uh-huh. Liking the page. For looking and listening to our stuff. I and... won't lie. When I saw the stats on this weekend, it, I, it, I was uh, yeah. Yeah. I've been texting Jeff the last two days going, oh my gosh, you've seen the numbers. <laughs> and I keep very close track of the numbers too. And I was just amazed at how, how well, but thank you. So all. thank you. Thank every Our single one of you. Our shameless plugging has done some good. 
You no, I Hopefully don't, I don't like the plugging. You don't like the plugging, so I'm going to do it really quick, really quickly. For those of you who do not like it yet, go on to Facebook.com slash TopShelfAFI. That is this podcast page on Facebook. Like it, and then watch for our posts. We make comments. We post comics from our uh, parent company. That's what you want to call it, right? Ghost yeah, that's Tap. our parent company. Uh, we post the weekly comics from there. Those are some entertaining comics. Uh, we also post some other little things every once in a while regarding movies. We also do post a link to the film every time we do a new podcast. So whenever you guys see it, which the podcasts do go up every Saturday at noon. Uh, we try to make it every single Saturday. We've been going good so far, So uh, even when I was gone. But uh, yep. every Saturday at noon. So, But definitely go over there, facebook.com slash Top Shelf AFI. Also, thank you very much, guys, for rating us on iTunes. Please continue to do that, just because, again, that gets us higher up on the list, a little more notable, which means we can make awesome content for more people, which is exactly what we would want to do. And thank you so far, so much for those who have done it already. So just go on to iTunes. You can subscribe to us there. Uh, every time the new episode comes out, like I said, every Saturday at noon, it automatically goes to iTunes as well. Yep. So go find us there. Search for AFI Top 100 or Top Shelf AFI Top 100. Or for that matter, you can just search for AFI. And I get, like I said before, you're going to get sick of this. Band? It's the band and us. and us. I promise it'll be the last time I'll say that. Because I've said that now for the last like five episodes. So, But just definitely do both of those things. And also, if you guys are feeling happy and you want more content in general from Ghost Hat and its network, you can find us on Facebook.com slash Ghost Hat. That is everything we do, all of our podcasts, and GhostHat.net, which is where you can listen to the podcast if you don't want to subscribe to it. Yep. <sighs> I'm going to get that good? down to like 15 seconds pretty soon. I just should just record it and throw it at the end of the episode. Oh my goodness. So, but anyways, so that was, that's it. That's, that's Platoon. It. We got through another okay. depressing film. Thank Ooh. goodness. And this is our 15th episode. Yay. So we're moving, we're moving steadily towards awesomer and awesomer We're coming, we're 10 episodes away from being a quarter through the list. We've yes. been doing this for six months. It's been six months. However, in all fairness, we were doing one like a mo- once a month there for a while, or once yes. every couple of weeks. So we're doing it once a week now, and we're going to try to keep it that way. So, All right, well, hey, that's all I got for uh, all of our stuff for Platoon, number Platoon. 86. I don't know why I said it like that. It was kind of goofy. So anything else you got? No, that's all Is I that got. Is that it? Is that's that it? That's all I got. All right, end sequence stuff. Go. It's all uphill <laughs> from here. I'll appear from here, swivel puss. There was that moment where you were just staring at me like, what the hell did he just say? All right. <laughs> Good night, Radio Rahim. I got to get close to the microphone, but not as close as last time because no, that was like, no, in the ear! That's going to be in the ear. I'm sorry if it was in your ear. We apologize for the last episode being so loud. Yes, We have we it a little it. more under control. We now. fixed it. I mean, it involved me getting another microphone, but we fixed it. <laughs> it's all good. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Blah, <laughs> blah. Yeah, so- Platoon was a teller. I can't help it. Do something funny. Do something fruity. Do something fruity? Gross, you're drunk. <laughs> what are you quoting? Bad lip reading of Hunger Games. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm like, that's not in this movie. Nah, you're too excitable. <laughs> Have you not seen it? I, you know, what point am I going to stop recording? That's what <laughs> I, I want to know. know. People have tuned us out at this I point. Know. All right, I goodbye, know. everybody. Good night, thank you, and good night. <laughs> good night and good morning. Good night and good morning. Enjoy your burrito and have a week. I'm going to go out laughing. <laughs> <laughs>
ending. 